0: Hello, welcome to Extra Tomorrows. I'm Jay Scott Chapman. Today's guest is Emily Hallgood. Her success in competing on the largest stages in trail and ultra running, her encouraging spirit and passion for connecting to the sport through the people in it make her a role model for trail runners new and experienced. Enjoy this conversation with Emily Hallgood. All right, Emily Hallgood, welcome to Extra Tomorrows.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: (laughs) Well, this morning is, uh, you know, I don't know, gosh, I don't know if you know if we should start here, but like, did you see the news this morning with Tom Evans?
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah.
0: And and Cape Town, he had some unfortunate series of events, got assaulted on the trail and, you know, they took all of his stuff and then he's like, I'm out of here, which is completely understandable because, oh my gosh, I mean, I can't imagine... Yeah, I mean, getting, getting you know, um, held up is one thing, but then getting beat up too. You're like, oh, that's no way to, no. yeah, I would want to just probably get out of there too.
1: Yeah, especially when, like you said, when you're doing something you love, you don't, you know, that's the hardest thing you don't want. You don't, you don't need anything like that. So, yeah, I just messaged him this morning. Hopefully I'll find out, you know, if he's doing better and stuff
0: yeah well thank goodness uh he's you know he came out you know alive yeah. and you know re- relatively one piece and uh you know all the best wishes to tom as he works through this
1: yeah thank you
0: <clears throat> so goodness huh? yeah that was pretty heavy duty this morning i was like oh my goodness what is going on in this world yeah. you can't even like run around in the woods without getting getting some uh, bad attention
1: yeah that's yeah that's what's hard
0: (laughs) shame yeah well let's start uh what let's kind of go back to um what 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 i want to know is why did you come to the u.s to study agriculture what made you think about you know both come both just going to study agriculture um i know you grew up on a farm but like what made you want to you know (laughs) to study that and uh to get um go deeper on that
1: yeah um actually so when i was younger like i told my dad i want to study agriculture and um growing up in africa he was very much supportive of anything we wanted to do but always having a backup um profession was um his like focus uh, for us for both me and i have one brother um and he is 15 months younger than me and so oh, nice. yeah, and so he was very supportive um obviously saying like, hey, like make sure you have a backup, like you don't put all your eggs in one basket. And yeah, I was like, well, I want I really want to do this. And so I started looking um online for schools and programs and I know you mentioned it yesterday, but <laughs> um I actually ended up at the College of Idaho, not the University of Idaho. I just thought they were the same place and yep and (laughs) so i ended up at the college well you got
0: the right potato state so right
1: yeah i got this right state so (laughs) pretty much the same place and then um so i ended up at the college and yeah i ended up switching my major i actually switched it five times um but settled with exercise physiology um and so i yeah i chose to come over here just for the opportunity opportunities All around life opportunities. Um, I thought, you know, it was Mm -hmm. a different part of the world. I'd been over here on a a trip before for a Global Young Leaders Conference and loved the people. And so that brought me over here a lot. And when I was looking, you know, as to where to go for agriculture, I googled Idaho, and the Sawtooth Mountains came up. Um, And I was like, wow, well, I mean, that's cool. (laughs) It's so different to where I'm from and everything. But Um, just beautiful and yeah
0: (laughs) well speaking to that like what's the uh what are the things that you see the biggest like culture shocks that you saw like between the zimbabwe culture and then say the idaho culture and then what are the things that you kind of see that are that are true across both of those cultures
1: yeah um that's a great question so definitely i mean freedom of speech here it was just a lot different to what it is back home, um, so that was probably the biggest thing I had to get used to.
0: And then, it's a way to you say more about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, just having the freedom to say what you think over here is—I mean, it's a big blessing. Uh, it's not the same mm-hmm. back home. Um, you're limited, or you know, anything that you said can and will be used against you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> And so, yeah, it's just being aware of what you're saying and who you're saying it around. Um, you just have to be, yeah, very cautious and aware of that. Uh, you know, not not about general things, but politics and things like that. Just holding your cards close to you a little more and being a little more aware. Um, whereas here, you're not, you know, you're not going to be judged for what you say, which is good. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then very similar i mean it was fun the first time i went to the college i was driving down the main street to go there and you cross a train track and there were just tractors on both sides of the road and i was like oh i'm i'm home (laughs) this feels the same uh yeah and again like the people in both parts of the world are you know amazing people and i felt right at home actually so even being so far I was really accepted into the community and um, felt like it was the same environment back at home, too. If any of my friends from college were to come to Zimbabwe, they would be as loved and cared for as I was here.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) I guess uh, another thing, too, might be that there's apex predators in both, right? Like, uh, (laughs) you know, I I saw some picture of you. And you were just across this short body of water with some hippos. And I was like, oh, my gosh, run, run, (laughs) Emily. Because all I've ever heard are the scary stories, right? Like, oh, a woman gets leg bitten off or, you know, whatever. They can run real fast. And, you know, similar to the scary stories we hear about bears out in the interior of Mountain West. Yeah. uh, Whereas, you know, every beer encounter I've ever had is like a bear running away from me. It's never been like they're out to get me or devil bear or something. So, I wonder if it's that that same scare thing or are hippos really in the business of uh being nasty and that sort of thing?
1: Yeah, I mean, the predators and animals over there are just so different. Like here you're like you said mm-hmm. you see a bear and it's probably running away from you. In Africa, anything is probably running towards you. Like if you oh. you, you got to be aware. Um yeah, like that picture with the hippo My mom was on a houseboat you know just i don't know half a k away watching like every step because you never know and we were on an island so there were no trees that you know lions or things could run out of it's a different world for the for sure when it comes to the animals
0: (laughs) wow so yeah yeah so you you probably felt right at home because yeah idaho those idaho mountains they they probably have mountain lions in them but Smaller ones and uh similarly they're not going to be they're not usually running after people yeah. like they're looking for little dogs or
1: yeah whatever. yeah, I definitely love the freedom of just being able to run and not really having to worry about that I mean I'm always aware that possibly they could be something, but um, it's a a little safer
0: <laughs> yeah that's that's wild it's a this is a new thing for me because where I grew up we didn't there are no apex predators it's like you know you might get stung by bees or yeah ants or something but there's like yeah there's not like the fear of something might rip your head off or something
1: (laughs) (laughs) where 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 did you grow up
0: in the southeast so south carolina
1: oh amazing yeah cool
0: (laughs) yeah that's interesting so because of this we'll call it snafu or mistake (laughs) or whatever with the the colleges then by some random chance then you get uh You have some professor, I think, that you were working with, and was like, "Oh, you should check out uh, Paul Lind." And uh, you know, they're out there running in the mountains, and you said, "Oh, can I do that?" (laughs) And so, when you said that, it was that—did they get that right in this article that I was reading, where you were like, "Can I do that?" And I—I don't know if you were saying like, you know, could you go out there and run, or or what? What were you thinking when you said that? If that is what was said
1: yeah so um I actually met Paul through my college track coach track and cross country coach and they're currently both my coaches now um Paul's my running coach and Pat is my strength coach yeah so um super cool uh yeah so the weekend before I met Paul we were at um a friend he coached her in high school at her wedding um and that's where I met him but the weekend before I'd done what ended up being my last Ironman and I hadn't enjoyed the bike. I hadn't enjoyed the training on the bike. I'd almost been taking about out by a couple trucks. trucks. Um, and so when I got the opportunity to chat with him, like Pat had called me over, you have to meet Paul. He'll want to talk to you about hunting in Africa. Um, we talked one question about hunting and then I asked him what he did and he said he yeah trained athletes to, run in the mountains, and that his son Cody did that. And my heart just kind of jumped at this opportunity of like wide open spaces that I saw every day being in Idaho, but I'd actually get to go and just be out there. And yes, my heart just like jumped. And I just asked him like, hey, can I do that? (laughs) And um, yeah, so then that's how I got into just the just something so different from what I was doing. Um, and without the fear of, you know, the human parts of being out and training, like getting hit by a car, I didn't want to get hit by a truck.
0: (laughs) Right. Get that diesel therapy too. They call it where they, you know, they roll coal on you, the big trucks. Right. (laughs) Yeah. There has to be, did you feel like the, you know, you kind of were introduced to something that, you know, maybe, you know, was natural to you, but you didn't know yet. You know what I mean? Like being introduced to your future soulmates, but, you know, it's an activity in a way that you can express your humanness or animalness.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like as soon from the first run, he, you know, wrote down for me, it was a run. I mean, I did some random runs around campus because at the at the time I was working at the college um, and so the, the runs around campus are just normal but when he sent me out on my first like weekend long run I went out to the Hawaii mountains and from like the minute I stepped out and was like up on a hill or looking out over you know the Snake River and stuff I was like oh this is yeah, that's where I'm gonna be. I I love this stuff. I you know I hadn't even raced or anything. I just the yeah. I was like, this is my habitat for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's unfortunate that uh, you know it's not really a thing that gets introduced to kids. Well, I guess, well, I guess maybe if you're growing up in Idaho, you you know hunting would be the yeah. the way that you would find out about something like that. But you wouldn't be running. You'd be like, well, we're just gonna walk for a week. Yeah, and you know haul an animal out of here um, maybe
1: <laughs> yeah it's definitely yeah, it's and i mean it's opening up because i lucked out when i went to grad school and josh Eberly um has created the mountain running team in mm-hmm. gunnison colorado um so more people are getting exposed to it and it's really fun to see college kids get that opportunity especially in another place like idaho you know, wide open spaces, mountains. They're getting the opportunity to go run on these little trails and go see a world, a different world, um, which is really cool.
0: Yeah, and I don't know if it's like this in Idaho, but I know at least in like Wyoming, Montana, it's like you can get your driver's license. When you're like 13 or 14 or something because no. <laughs> there's like <laughs> there's no transportation, so like these kids could just go, you know, hop in the truck and. Drive up to a mountain, yeah, yeah, That's yeah. <laughs>
1: That'd be amazing.
0: <laughs> There's so you, you you just said you were you were doing the uh, Ironman. You I think you'd done like a couple of Ironman distance triathlons, right? Right. And and so uh, and you were also at the time studying exercise physiology, I guess. And so, what were the things that you kind of you know were the the things you were operating on? the sort of coaching that, that you were kind of operating under and then the things, what, what changed when you started working with Paul?
1: Yeah. Um, so I wasn't being coached for my Ironmans, um, at all. Uh, I worked with a friend, Christine Maybill, who was actually my swim coach in college. Um, she was also doing Ironmans. So we were team tagging, but we weren't really being coached or anything. We were following a program. And then I, at that point i was actually working at the college of idaho i was helping coach the cross country and track team big shout out to them they just won nationals yesterday so really big day for our program yep (laughs) bring that red banner home um and i was doing that and i was really excited about the coaching aspect um of you know being there and being a part of the college and the team i was on when i was in college and i so I was like, well, I want to know more. I'm doing this new sport, so I actually did my Ironman coaching certification. Um which was good cuz it opened up a new world. Obviously, you learn stuff in class and then learning, you know, specifically about Ironman and doing three sports. <laughs> um and so I could put that, you know, knowledge into practice right away. And then and then it was really cool cuz then I got the opportunity to have Paul as my coach and he was, you know, I mean, a whole new bucket load of wisdom that he was pouring into me and his experience and his dad's knowledge and just, you know, more more and more um, discovering what I liked about, you know, different coaching. And I don't know, it was really cool. It was just a whole, a whole lot of wisdom coming at me.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, and I'll just throw it in here for people that don't know that uh, Paul's dad, Bob, I believe, uh, was the medical director for Western States for a long time. And it's his shotgun that they use since the 70s to uh, start the race. And uh, so they've tried to keep that in the race as well. And uh, and so, yeah, you kind of some some might say fell into this like royalty of ultra running. Yeah. Um, And it's interesting. Yeah, you did. So you even did ultras before you did trail running. So because Ironmans are, you know, 140 miles, uh, swim for 2.4 miles, I think bike for 110 and then run a marathon. So that's, uh, that's pretty intense. So I guess, you know, you probably did get some, especially the nutrition probably carries over. But I wonder if it's just like a complete change in like the whole training aspect of it, where it's like, you know, training for you know like you did i am tough like going to the top of a mountain up a that's not really a sometimes not a trail it's just like rocks and stuff uh that's got to be completely different training than like oh you know uh you know four by eight minutes on the track or whatever
1: yeah for sure and i mean with pole i get to do both i get to go climb that big mountain and i get to hop on the track um which has been cool we added that in over the past few years and But the, you know, the biggest difference is when I was doing Ironmans, I had to train for three sports at once. And so I actually found going to the mountains as much as it's no trail and (laughs) big mountains and things. It was way easier. Like you only did one sport. Um, I, of course, kept, you know, biking and swimming in as cross training activities, but it wasn't a full on. You have to dedicate as much time to swimming as you were to biking, as you were to running. That was incredible, like just a mind-blowing feat of, like, what the work you had to put in, and also how much you could put in. You know, for running, it's safe to say, you know, you are gonna run usually once a day, um, you know, possibly twice and get a double in, um, but that's all you can do. That's all your body can take. Your body needs to recover. For swim and and biking, especially swimming, you can train for four hours in the morning and four hours in the evening. Like, there's a lot of time that your body can take a lot of, you know, training, resistance training, all the things that you can do for swimming. Um, so yeah, that was, it was kind of cool that actually my training day got shorter and you could learn how to balance other things and really get a well-rounded, uh, life and perspective, um, was what I found. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. So you got a life is what you're saying after yeah. trail running. <laughs> yeah. You got a life. There are plenty of memes. I think tra- trail runners, ultra runners, they, they have these memes about like, oh, I'm going running all weekend or whatever. But like triathlon has a lot more of those memes because they have to like, not only that, but they got to do a brick session. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, they're going to ride their bicycle for four hours, mm-hmm. come home, change clothes or not even change clothes, just change shoes. And then, uh, you know, put on a bunch of crap and, you know, and a visor yeah. and then um, and then go run, yep. you know, with the, with their little skin suit on or whatever. And it's a it's a whole thing. So yeah. it had to be a lot more took a lot more off your plate mentally, too. I, I forget about that going from triathlon to to just running. Yeah.
1: I mean, the thing of just like being able to toss a pair of shoes on or toss a pair of shoes in the car. Go anywhere it was great. <laughs> when I was doing triathlon, it was a bike and a cap and a <laughs> everything. Yeah. So it was definitely just a whole different world. Um, and and you know some people are incredible at that and really crush having the three sports. I think it it does add diversity. So then there's the other aspect to it. You know that you don't have to just have one thing you focus on. Um, you have three different things. And so that can bring a whole nother dimension to training and excitement to wanting to get out and get your training in every day. Um, yeah, but it's amazing. You just have to find what you love.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, it seems to have worked well for you. I mean, you know, yeah, a lot of people are like, there's a, I don't know if you know this, but there's some, other, there's another ultra runner, uh, that, that did some triathlon and, uh She followed in your footsteps, Heather Jackson. You know, (laughs) she uh, also gave up the triathlon life for um, running. And since you're in a place now that you can train all year, have you considered doing anything like uh, like gravel bike racing or you know, because less less cars out there to run over you, and uh, you can still ride your bikes. Have you considered doing something like that?
1: Yeah, in addition to your running, (laughs) biking was definitely on the lowest end of my enjoyment scale. So no, if I did something else, I'd like. I don't know, do an open water swim or something.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, well, you got Tahoe right there. You can, uh, you know, try to circumnavigate it. They yeah. do that a lot. Yeah, oh.
1: exactly. I'd do that. <laughs> but Vikings a little more scary for me. <laughs> I got a concussion on the okay. bike, too, so there's a lot of parts.
0: Yeah. Okay. I see. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to get a concussion when you're swimming, yeah. so that's good. Yeah. Exactly. I, I have run pool wall. Do I know?
1: I have seen it.
0: Yeah, or oh, hitting the wall or something. Yeah,
1: yeah. A friend just was swimming backstroke and ran, swam right, right into the wall. Got like, oh, I know. I
0: don't,
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, we'll find it if there's a way. <laughs> we'll
0: figure yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. That's one of the advantages of for me of being a slow swimmer is so I don't ever have to worry about that. You know, <clears throat> the wall's never coming that quickly to me. Yeah. So, the G twenty. That's uh. That's. A team as well, too, right? Is that's kind of how it's characterized. Yeah,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And so, how does that work? Yeah, I've seen some pictures. I think I see another person here in Missoula that's uh, that's uh, Nate Bender. Yeah. He's also got G twenty in his thing. And I saw some pictures of y'all on the tops of mountains or whatever. Yeah. And so it looked like at some points y'all get together and run. So what's what's that like the G twenty thing?
1: Yeah, I mean, it it is a team, but it's definitely. Over the years, I've, you know, discovered it more. It is a team of individuals, um, but, mm-hmm. you know, there's some of us definitely that are have become really close friends. We've just had the opportunity to run together and meet each other through Gage Twenty, um, And, yeah, especially, you know, Nate and Sam and Alexis um, and I, we've done a couple big projects together, which has been really fun. And um, it is fun, too, because we we'll put trackers on you know ourselves we're doing individual projects and then just you know send a message out to the group of like hey follow my follow my adventure and then there's a lot of good conversation afterwards and swapping notes and um yeah so it has become a team um if you want it to be a team of you know people then you you can and you know training opportunities i had taylor out here last year and we got to train on the western states course together she's also um, coached by paul Uh, i just went up to idaho and met um, bex ferry from england Um, she was coached by paul for a little bit and so she was on the team and um got to you know spend some time with her uh yeah
0: well that's interesting because it's it's very appropriately named because, you know, 20 gauge, I you know, think of shotguns and shotguns, they <laughs> spread their shots all over and you guys are spread through the wind or whatever. Yeah. I um, mean, it,
1: it was definitely named because of Paul's, uh, Paul and his dad and his family with gate, with the gauge 20 shotgun starting the Western States. Um, and also Cody, when I started until a couple of years, Cody was also a part of, um, Gage twenty, he was coaching under Gage twenty. So we had Paul and Cody as coaches. Um, They had their groups of of athletes. Uh, Yeah,
0: nice. Yeah, so talk about those uh, those those mountains of Idaho. Like this is a new thing for me. Like uh, we have plenty right where I live, like on all sides. And so I hadn't my first few years of living in Montana, not really ventured over there. Oops, and now. Now I'm looking at races that are, you know, I'm looking at races that are closer to me now instead of like, oh, I should go fly all over the world or whatever. It's not that I was flying all over the world before, but, you know, I was going, going and traveling, but I was like, there's so many things right here. And then there's all these like, I'd almost call them like underground unknown races, like the I am tough river of no return. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there's like, You know absolute legends i think i saw one like where nikki kimball was you know signed up who was maybe she was the first american to win utmb i don't know but like these absolute legends are just out there in the middle of idaho (laughs) running on maybe trails maybe not trails but in a race Mm -hmm. and it's just um so yeah it's a new discovery for me so but but you've spent a lot of time there so maybe you can kind of talk to the uniqueness of them
1: yeah i mean they're beautiful i was amazing (laughs) um (laughs) And, uh, you know, you can be out there for hours and hours and not see a single person. Um, So it's a whole different world to even being out here on the trails out here, which I love too. Um, But yeah, very unique, very big, very, you hop over one ridgeline and you could be gone for days um, just exploring. And I I do really love um, that part of Idaho in terms of, Um, how much sagebrush there is and how much off trail running you can do just because you don't have to wind through big trees and, um, you know, you can see the Ridge or you can see the mountain around you being in a sage an open sage, uh, spot. Uh, yeah, it's been a whole world of discovery. I feel like I've seen this much (laughs) and I have a whole, you know, a whole lifetime of, uh, country to explore
0: yeah i mean you did that i saw in doing research i saw some the the fkt you did with uh you kind of partnered up with someone and around hell's canyon oh, yeah plus you added some other peak on it i forget what it was some other peak yep. and uh but hell's canyon is just yeah that's like one of the places that a lot of people here will go over there because it kind of opens up before yeah some of the other mountains or whatever um for whatever reason so it's just like but driving through there is just yeah. Nice, magic.
1: Yeah, and if you can believe it, that was the only run I've done out there. So like that just shows you how much country there is. Like I've only done that one run out there, FKT with Taylor. And yeah, there's so much to go back and explore. It was beautiful and we saw a lot of country, but we just saw a smidgen.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. Well, yeah, I'm asking about these things because I'm I'm signed up for a couple races out there, and you know when I look at it, it's like it's very, yeah, it's it's more rugged yeah. than than I would say than most races. I mean, it's definitely not California carpet. No, <laughs> it's even it looks even more rugged than like some stuff you'd maybe it's not as steep as some of the things you'd see in the Alps, but it's like it's rugged. It's like yeah. you know, you know, it might be a, a shale field or whatever, just like a field of rocks that you got to run across. Yep. And there's a cliff on one side and, but also wonderful views, you know, pristine lakes and water and whatever.
1: Have you, so yeah. are you signed up for River of No Return?
0: <laughs> no, I think I'm going to do Beaverhead okay. and the bear.
1: Okay. Well, one year you have to come do River of No Return.
0: It's It was tough. It was for me, it was like bear or I am tough. Yep. And then Beaverhead or um, River of No Return. But I think there was a Conflict with the River of never Return. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah pull puts on All the right. race So.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I tried to look up that site. The, the site wasn't working for me. So. Yeah. It didn't like me. So I was. Yeah. So that's in chalice That's in Challis, right? <laughs> right.
1: Right. Yeah. Beaverhead's amazing okay. too. I mean, just an hour from chalice up in Salmon, beautiful. You're on the Continental Divide, and yeah, you'll love it. It's there's amazing yeah. in Idaho.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited about that. So again, talking about teams. So then, um, <clears throat> you at some point, let's see, what was it? when did you get the attention, or when did Adidas kind of come into the picture for you?
1: Yeah, I was with Scott running for three years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I really lucked out. I started running the end of twenty seventeen, ran Ultra Trail Cape Town, and then was picked up by Scott uh, January. 2018. Um, so I was with them from the start for three years. And then Rob reached out to me after three years and asked me to join the Terex team.
0: Nice. Yeah. And yes, I think you. you'd said the two, the two things you, uh, the two stipulations were like, I, well, I guess you had, if this is uh, incorrect, of course, correct me. But like, uh, I guess you had, you had ran barefoot until college. Mm-hmm. And so you were basically, it sounded like you know, if, you're can't, if you can't make shoes that I'm going to want to wear, then this isn't going to work. And the team has to be a real team, like not some funny baloney team only in name.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I'd seen a lot of people and they'll be teammates, but they don't know their team. They're just dressed in the same gear. Um, and I'd been, you know, on college teams and went to boarding school and, you know, was on teams my whole life and but when i say on a team we live together train together ate together that's what i wanted i i you know i knew it wouldn't be full all year round but if i go to a race and my teammates are there i want to live with them (laughs) like that's (laughs) that's the type of team i wanted and um yeah so i said to rob like hey like you know i want to get into this amazing sport more you know or i'm in this amazing sport and i want to not just run the same gear that my teammates are in like I want to live with them and that's the thing like my phone is constantly blowing up with messages from my teammates I I love it like that's what the Terex team is we're a family um (laughs) which is really special and then yes of course yeah running barefoot actually the biggest challenge with running barefoot was finding shoes that don't hurt you I started running in shoes in college got shin splints right away um And had to you know figure that out that doesn't sound right (laughs) that you would put on cushion and get shin splints but when your body's already so used to running one way or with you know one uh, amount of cushioning and you change something up it can throw things off balance and it really did and so i didn't want to change shoes i'd obviously made the scott shoes work or found shoes with scott that worked and so i was very scared to find another pair of shoes, um, obviously with Terex and I, if I'm on a team, like I want to represent them fully too. So I said, you know, let's find a pair of shoes that works. Um, otherwise I'm not going to commit to you because I want to be able to right. represent you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cause they're going to be, they don't like it when you wear other people's shoes. No. Uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. But it's the shoes thing is a, you know, an interesting conundrum. I wonder, you know, I think about that with sponsored athletes where I'm like, you know, I was like, well, if someone came to me and they said, Hey, we're putting together an old man team and we want you to be on it, Scott. I'd be like, I don't know if I can commit to your shoe line. You know what I mean? Cause it's like, I have, uh, I started running in the you know, kind of when, when born around came out. So I was like, Oh, I'm going to do the barefoot thing, mm-hmm. you know? So I wore my, ran my first 50 miler and Tom's yeah. uh, I would wear often like very, like these shoes you can buy for $12 at Walmart, like these slip on boat shoes yep. because they were just like a thin thing. And that works great when you're like shorter races. Yeah. But then when you get up to like, you know, a hundred miles or hundred K or something, your feet are going to hurt. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it, the shoes can really help but if they're wrong then they can also fight against you and like break your toes or whatever so that's a it's a big challenge i have big wide feet too so i have big caveman feet so that's even a bigger challenge because like you know no solomon will fit me yeah um you know like certain very thin shoes will not Mm -hmm. and then so then i'm stuck with the bigger shoes and it's always a thing where i'm like do i have to make my own shoe what's going to happen here like
1: yeah and like you said like It's, I mean, it's our key uh, piece of equipment because your shoes are where you run from. Oh, your feet are where you run from. So you need that support, not support, but just covering and where we're running in Idaho and Montana and stuff like you don't have 80 degree nights, you, you know, it gets really cold at night and then really hot in the day. So even just that, you know, aspect of warmth and staying warm uh, through these races is, Huge. Yeah. So finding the right pair of shoes is incredibly helpful.
0: (laughs) And so how did, how did they accommodate you?
1: Yeah. So Rob sent me 14 pairs of different shoes that I tried. (laughs) And actually I, I, I mean, I found a pair of road shoes that worked and a pair of trail shoes that I, I liked the grip on, but I, it wasn't comfortable. I, I didn't, I didn't like it specifically. So I, I wrote to him and I was like, Hey, like I've I've tried, Like, is there anything like this road shoe that has traction? And he was like, well, actually, I have a prototype that we're about to release. And that was the Speed Ultra. And so he sent me prototypes and I tried them on and they fit like a glove and I loved them. So I signed.
0: (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So you did all that beforehand. That's that's really smart. And uh, did you have help with that process with the, like, navigating that? like any sort of negotiations or, Uh, or is it just like you you and Rob?
1: Rob. Um, I mean, I, I use Paul for sure. Paul is, um, amazing with all that stuff. And he really helped me read all the fine print and go through and make, you know, just make sure, uh, Tarek's was going to look off to me. Um, but I have, you know, the best, the best in the business when it comes to Paul and to Rob, um, and they're not going to undercut me at any point. So very lucky
0: nice nice yeah and i you know adidas has really you know stood behind that thing that you were kind of asking for anyways because they've everyone talks about them like look at adidas they're really a team and like you know um normally you would only you know in the running world we only see this in like maybe you know like the road running marathon stuff like it's not a you know or maybe yeah there's not like can you think of other teams that are kind of working towards that sort of in person, you know, I guess maybe like the Coconino you know, Cowboys, but that was just kind of an impromptu thing, and just so happened some of them were Hoka, I guess, um, yeah. yeah, I don't know,
1: so I mean, it's been Rob's dream for ten years to get the team to this point, and he is just amazing and crushing it, and he's done so much for our sport, and we're not seeing it as much outside, you know, in the everyday. Uh, experience of the teams is to the same level as Terex but it's starting to show up at races Um, it's incredible like teams are you know now dressing the same and we actually see the teams and it's been so cool and Rob has inspired so many people Um, and yeah I mean all the teams now having like team camps and getting together once a year so I think slowly and slowly it's coming more and more into um, our sport and it's super exciting to see because I mean every athlete deserves to have a team of people Behind them and um, sharing it is so yeah it just adds to experience a lot
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. well can you uh, so what what is it about the team aspect that you really care about and is, can you are there thing is it just something that you're used to or is it like you know providing sort of like safety and comfort by having a bunch of folks around so that when things go wrong then you're sharing that with your support crew or what, what are the things that speak to you about the team aspect of sport?
1: Uh, I think the biggest thing is, um, you know, I've traveled the world and met a lot of people, but really being able to sit down and talk to people and get their full stories and, um, you know, be on the level, you know, if there's, it's a rough day, you give someone a call, um, and really take the time for them. And they take the time for you, um, yeah i mean all everything you mentioned is very important and such a huge benefit for sure having a group of people around you through the good and the bad um in life um, not just in racing but yeah i don't i we we gain so much more by living life together um, and we come from different parts of the world. So we get to learn so much about each other and about the world. Um, if you travel, it's so fun because you have lots of places to stay. <laughs> um, yeah, there's just, there's so much benefit to being with good people. Um, and Rob is really good about that. Like he picks his orchestra. Um, he doesn't just pick you if you're a great athlete. Uh, he, I mean, he would too. We have great athletes on our team. But he's very much about the type of person, the qualities you're going to bring to the team and being a teammate, Um, which for someone like me, you know, maybe it's not for everyone. Maybe, you know, some people like being individual out there, Um, but I love being on a team and seeing people and, you know, getting the opportunity. If you do want to go for a run with a group of people, we have a whole built in um, group of people to, to call on and that's pretty special.
0: Yeah, it's, it can be a, especially when you're a high performer, it seems like it's a, it can be a very lonely, you know, thing if you don't have that sort of group in your, like in your neighborhood or, I mean, it sounds like you have it built in everywhere. So you have this run that you go with the old guys with like, of, of Western States of Tim Tweetmeyer and whoever, Lord uh, Craig Thornley and uh, all these folks. But like a lot of people they don't you know, like where it's not so much of a hip hip as far as running town. They're you know, they're out there doing ten to twenty hours of running by themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't go out because they need to get their, you know, their recovery in and that sort of thing. They don't drink because they they want to maximize their recovery. And so it can be a very lonely, you know, thing to be a high performer. So I imagine that well like your teammate uh eric lapuma right he lives in like the northeast and he has no training partners up there but like now that he's adidas you know like yeah. he's he's going and he's doing these things
1: yeah exactly yeah. and he's coming out and he's loving being a part of the team and it was so fun to spend time with eric in sham this year um and you know be connected with him i you know posted a video of an owl the other day oh a picture of an owl the other day and then he was like, "Oh, that's, that else so cool." And then I could text him like a video I had of it, and it's so cool to be that connected with team, um, and they do feel like family. Like, yes, you've all had different experiences and stuff, but you know that you can call on them, and they can call on you at any any time. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty unique and pretty pretty special. I feel extremely lucky to be a part of such an amazing group of people. <laughs> And yeah, just provide that opportunity. You know, I'm hoping Eric, you know, come somewhere warm for the winter, <laughs> and yeah. we'll hopefully, you know, give him some company and get him out on warm trails.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Or you watch out; he might try to get you get y'all up there to, you know, in the oh, he's the frozen. <laughs>
1: <Hold> <laughs> on, but we'll probably go in summer.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Um, I. So, let's see, what was the... uh, uh, One thing, too, I wonder is with, you know, being in a team aspect and... um, Well, just thinking about, like, the trail running community and how open and accepting it is, and it's just, like, we do these very things that, like, peel back all the layers immediately. It's like, you know, during a race it's not going to be unusual for me to see someone using the restroom in the, in an open field or the woods or whatever. And it's like, we're just like real and raw and like people fall or people are having troubles. Then we're going to, you know, it's such a serious thing out there that like you're going to check and make sure they're okay, that they're able to continue, or do you need to help them? Um, And so I, I, I wonder, you know, if it's the kind of thing that if we got, you know, with such a decisive, we have a decisive kind of with politics and everything here, it can be a little bit of a a tough time to get along with people that you've gotten along with for a long time. Mm -hmm. And so I wonder if we had more people in this sort of activity, if it could help to spread like more understanding so we could see, you know, see more of each other that we latch onto and love and that sort of thing. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I do love how raw it gets us, you know, and I mean, I have had people jump over me when I fall and on the trail. So <laughs> there's definitely, there's definitely both areas of it, but it just, it opens your mind and just gives you a better conscience because everyone's looking out for each other out there. Um, you know, it's super hard with what happened with Tom and, um, hearing that there wasn't community around him i think that's what's maybe the scariest is that going out on your own can be scary and in south africa that's a very real thing um they have huge running groups an incredible community because they need it they for safety um and yeah so i've seen it work you know in little what we say, microorganisms, and I definitely think it would help the world. Like the more people we can get out on the trails, and just being aware of you know what we can do for each other when it comes to yeah, if you are at a low point, you can lift someone up, or someone can lift you up. Um, that's huge, and it it does it breaks you down to the point of you're very you're very raw, you're very real. Um, pacers, God bless them. Um, <laughs> from yeah. mile 70 to mile 100 is <laughs> always yeah. uh, kind of wild, but yeah, you're, you're right. That would change the world for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. Cause I, it, I go back and forth between that, like we should get everybody into it. And also, I guess I can hold in my mind the fact that like, perhaps we're, you know, we could be selfishly insulating ourselves from quote unquote the real world because we're just going around running in the woods all the time yeah. and like news what news you know what i mean like yeah. if it if the, if the news is not on strava or instagram then i probably don't know about it so
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i mean and that's you know for it's amazing seeing how the sport is changing right now like we are becoming professional i just got a visa through our sport being a professional sport, um, which is,
0: Oh, nice. Congratulations. Thank
1: you. Um, which is, you know, incredible for me and, but it comes with growing pains. You know, we see conflicts come up or people saying, well, we're not looking after the small, um, you know, community based races and there's a lot of money in it. And, you know, people are calling out UTMB, but like they're making it professional and yes, there's going to be growing pains. There's going to be things that people don't like, um, it is going to change from just following a blue dot on a screen. You're going to have us on TV. Um, and mm-hmm. it kind of, you know, it comes with the territory and some of it, you won't like some of it, you will, what, you, you know, what do we want the sport to be? Um, and I think there's a very diverse, um, arena for that. And the opportunity is now it's changing right now, which is mm-hmm. huge. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's uh, tough with the whole UTMB really stepped in it with the the whole wham thing. But uh, I think that there's yeah there's obviously room for a lot of that for it to grow. But you know, yeah, you gotta you gotta you gotta play nice, especially in such a tight knit community. Because like if you offend the whole community, then it's like <laughs> yeah. you know we're gonna march out a million memes or <laughs> yeah. at least. Uh, you know. And, yeah, yeah, uh, and
1: UTMB will be the you know the focus point because they they're the you know masterminds behind a lot and have the money but you know they're honestly we're getting stabbed in the in the back by other um communities like veil vale. to me veil vale was the enemy behind that but obviously yeah. you can be standing behind them they're going to get the flack for sure um
0: right.
1: but and i've seen utmb you know put on races i went to a race down in argentina at uh, the val mm-hmm. um down there and that community was just over the moon that that uh, UTMB stepped in and made it possible. Um, So we have a very extreme ends of the spectrum and uh, just keeping an open mind about that. And like you said, we just have to (laughs) guide the rules a little bit. Like there has to be some um, community thought and just uh, feel behind what everyone does. Um, Yeah. And hopefully our community can come together and approach it in a very respectful and responsible way.
0: Yeah, and it's it's, a, it's still a, a very young sport as far as, like, organized business is mm-hmm. concerned. Like, even – so you have to have a lot of – give a lot of grace to some folks. Yeah. You know, I think w- there's the uh, – the, what's the race? Uh, or the this world series?
1: Yeah, the tri- – uh, yeah, I can Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you're talking about.
0: <laughs> but it's like – I was like, Wait, but isn't South America in the world? like where's their race? Yeah. You know, so it's like I'm like just I mean, surely there's a race like yeah, <laughs> like and I a think, race, yeah, you know? and
1: I think that's the thing is that our small little sport is trying to be world renowned and world mm-hmm. you know known, but that takes a lot of work too, like you said, this little trail series that's come together, it's skipped a part of the world, and the you know. <laughs> And it's not to offend anyone, I'm sure it's just because they had certain standards and needed, you know, a certain group to come together and they didn't get that. Um, Or, you know, someone in South America didn't have the funds to do that. They need a big company like UTMB. There's so many parts to how things come together.
0: Well, yeah. Or the government, you know, problems with the government or or the airport. Like there probably has to be an airport nearby. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's interesting. Well, we're in a, it's a, it's in a fun part, um, fun time right now. And it's, and where do you see your, your role in all of this? Like you're an amazing athlete. Uh, you have your, you know, you kill out there on the trails. You're an amazing athlete and you're in this, like, you're in the, what do they call it? Endurance capital yep. the United States or something like that. Um, you know, you're, you're hanging out with like the, o, some of the OGs. Yeah, I mean, I saw on your Facebook, Gordy Ainsley was saying you're the whatever, you know, bright ball of shining light or whatever. He he was, you know, gushing over what a wonderful person you are. So you kind of have this like, you know, status even within this little sport. So it's like, where do you see yourself in this um, in both now and then like going forward?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a huge question. <laughs> um I, you know, I'd really love to just keep doing what I'm doing. I, um, I love getting to hear people's stories and getting to, you know, understand how our sport came about and these little things, these little, you know, bumps we're meeting in the road with making our sport professional, like learning all that and getting that information from people and, um, you know, hearing through it, living it, um, is huge and, uh, you know, maybe I can pass that on to the next generation that comes on, comes into our world and keep this community going. And the, the, the neat part of meeting incredible people from all around the world. Um, you know, I, I love smiling through, you know, hard, hard things too. And, um, getting to share that joy with people, um, and, just getting to see the world like yes we've all grown up and every day is can be hard um today like yes the one thing with tom but that's only one part of the story like even just on our small adidas team we've had a really rough morning already and that's you know we don't know what everyone is going through but if we can hop on a trail with one or two or three people um, and share with them, share the highs and the lows with them. Then it's gonna make the world a better place, especially while we're here, and hopefully for many, many years afterwards, and more generations. Um, so yeah, I just I love being a part of it and being here fully, being you know all in when it comes to professional, but being a person too. Um, we're here. We don't just run. We we love to be a part of um, something bigger than that. <laughs>
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, the sport is, you know, better for having you in it. And uh, you've associated yourself with, you know, like this great team with Adidas. And uh, so it's sounds like it's couldn't go much better, you know, for where you are right now. And it's definitely on a a great trajectory. So um, thanks so much for being on the show.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It really, um, really was special and great
0: to get to chat. (laughs) That's a wrap. Thank you so much to Emily for showing us that you can be a fierce competitor and someone who is warm, kind, and caring at the same time. That's it for this episode of Extra Tomorrows. I'm J. Scott Chapman. Make your tomorrow extra.